0: Thank you for joining me. Hello, welcome, bienvenidos, sweet energies, reflections. This is Sariveda and you are listening to Lifestyle Medicine where we take in and digest a holistic consciousness-based approach to your health and wellness. We will explore an interesting and maybe even controversial topic yet again today, I would like for us to open up our hearts and our minds and expand into a place of understanding and knowing of the sacred feminine moon time cycle. in this i have researched a lot of scientific facts and i have quoted some doctors some bloggers some experienced sages and grandmothers and i'm offering my own insight and i would like to give thanks to all those that i will mention here in the podcast for being able to enlighten me and in turn, also be able to enlighten you as you listen through this podcast. And so it's quite interesting um, how far gone, how far disconnected we all have come to understanding and understanding, really our human body and the way that it communicates with energy, with the frequencies that are around us. Many, many moons ago, the female menstruation and ovulation, also known as our moon cycle, was celebrated. It was a celebration of the gift of fertility and femininity as our cycle naturally aligned with the waxing and waning of the moon, the shedding of our menstrual blood was considered a special time for rest, purification, and rejuvenation. During this phase, a woman is endowed with an enormous power of the divine feminine, often tuning into the collective female energies throughout the earth And through our fellow ancestors. It is quite amazing. How we have. Become so detached. So lost. It's almost as if we all have forgotten. But not today. Not today. (laughs) Today I'm here to remind. All of us. Males and females alike, how important this cycle is to our beings, our very essence. First, I would like to share with you an abstract, Um, thanks to Michael Zemecki and it was a scientific research on the lunar cycle and the effects on human and animal behavior and physiology. It mentions that human and animal physiology are subject to seasonal, lunar and circadian rhythms. Although the seasonal and circadian rhythms have been fairly well described, little is known about the effects of the lunar cycle on the behavior and physiology of humans and animals the lunar cycle has an impact on the human reproduction in particularly fertility menstruation and birth rate melatonin levels appear to correlate with the menstrual cycle admittance to hospitals and emergency units because of various causes of cardiovascular and acute coronary events, variceal hemorrhage, diarrhea, urinary retention, all correlated with moon phases. In addition, other events associated with human behavior such as traffic accidents, crimes, suicides, appeared to be influenced by the lunar cycle hmm. however a number of reports find no correlation between the lunar cycle and human reproductions admittance to clinics in emergency units which is understandable this is a huge world we live in animal studies revealed that the lunar cycle may affect hormonal changes early in the phylogenesis in insects in fish the lunar clock influences reproduction and involves the hypothalamus pituitary gonadal axis in birds the daily variations in melatonin and cortisone testosterone disappear during full moon days the lunar cycle also exerts effects on laboratory rats with regards to taste, sensitivity, and ultra-structure of pineal gland cells. Cyclic variations related to the moon's phases in the magnitude of the humoral immune response of mice to the, oh, long big word, polyvinyl pyrolodon and sheep hocytes were also described it is suggested that melatonin and indigenous steroids may be mediate may mediate sorry the described sickle alterations of psychological processes the release of neurohormones may be triggered by the electromagnetic radiation and or the gravitational pull of the moon. Although the exact mechanism of the moon's influence on humans and animals awaits further exploration, knowledge of this kind of biorhythm may be helpful in the surveillance for our law enforcement in medical practice, and an investigation involving laboratory animals. So this is very interesting. What that abstract was basically insinuating, indicating, and showing us was that it was thanks to our biorhythms connected with the influx of the moon and its electromagnetic radiation of course we all know that the gravitational pull of the moon affects the water the ocean and that's what creates high tide and low tide and even depicts currents we also know that we are made up of between 70 to 75% of water within our bodies and there has to be a correlation of how the electromagnetic radiation and the gravitational pull impacts our waters inside of us. So I move on to another abstract, and it speaks on the regulation of menstrual cycle and its relationship to the moon. A synchronous relationship between the menstrual cycle and the lunar rhythm was confirmed by investigative data, laboratory findings, and clinical experience. Among the 826 female volunteers with a normal cycle between the ages of 16 and 25, a large proportion of menstruations occurred around the new moon about 30 percent while at other times during the lunar month the proportion of menstruation occurring ranged between 8.1 and 12.6 percent the difference was significant the six hydroxy melatonin levels in the urina sanguinis of the female volunteers, there was about three of them, that reached their zenith prior to and during the menstruation, gradually declining to the nadir during ovulation. I would like to share with you, because I had to do the research myself, and what exactly it meant when it said zenith and nadir. And so the definition of Zenith is the imaginary point that is directly above a particular location on the celestial sphere. And so it is vertically opposite of the apparent gravitational force directly opposite to the gravitational pull. It is the highest point on the sphere and thus the farthest up of the gravitational force. So the description in terms of zenith is derived from an arabic expression meaning direction of head or path above the head zenith is sometimes also used to refer to the highest point that a celestial body reaches during its orbit at a given point of observation the opposite of zenith that is a direction of the gravitational pull is called the nadir which is at 180 degrees So, in astronomy terms, it is a point in the sky directly overhead, for example, when a person says that the sun has reached its zenith, it is used to refer to the sun's position in the sky. Now, according to astronomers, there is no zenith for a sun's position, but to an observer, the sun has reached its zenith if it's directly overhead. So the angular distance from the zenith to any celestial body in space is called the zenith distance and the nadir which is directly opposite the zenith has a zenith distance of 180 and the celestial horizon has a zenith distance of 90 degrees. In Merriam-Webster's definition, the zenith is the time at which something is most Powerful or successful. So it's very interesting connecting these two. If we connect that within a menstrual cycle, a woman can reach zenith levels, which, as I just read, the definition can mean something that is most powerful or successful, it just really makes me think I, I had to dive in deeper and connect with those doctors, metaphysics, metaphysicists, and those that connect with the feminine energy and to get a more in-depth understanding. And so I read some more blogs, I did some more research and thanks to Dr. Northrup, Caroline Northrup, she explained a little bit more about the history of femininity and how it had become weakened. And through just narrative, through just a new paradigm and view of women, femininity has been seen as this neediness and hypersensitivity only. This place where women were lunatic, were hysterical and out of control. Mainly because of the most characteristic trait that a female archetype has battled with on this earthly plane and it has been based on coming to terms and fully understanding the menstrual cycle and the power it really brings to her. Unfortunately, not understanding creates confusion, of course. It incites fear. And for many, many years, many decades, We have fallen under the veils of illusion, lost and unaware of the power of feminine energy and how it connects with a female's natural cycle once every month at the point of zenith. To radiate feminine energy, a woman has to be in tune with her intuition which will lead her to feel compassion, practice nurturing and care, embody magnetic feminine charm and have authentic self-expression. Feminine energy refers to a specific set of traits considered to be the opposite traits associated with masculine energy. Traits that are most often associated with feminine or yeah, feminine energy are things like connection, empathy, nurturing and emoting. It is pure energy and flows and changes like the water of rivers. She has a diffused awareness thinking many things at once and she finds details and intricacies that escapes the masculine. For people of all genders, both feminine energy and masculine energy are necessary to embody in order to feel like a complete person. Men are usually encouraged to identify more with the masculine energy, but there's a great joy in being able to let go and be flexible. I genuinely agree wholeheartedly with Dr. Christine Northrup when she said that the menstrual cycle is the most basic, earthly cycle we have. Our blood is our connection to the archetypal feminine. The macrocosmic cycles of nature, the waxing and the waning, the ebb and flow of the tides and the changes of the seasons are reflected on a smaller scale in the menstrual cycle of the individual female body in the monthly ripening of an egg and subsequent pregnancy or release of menstrual blood mirror the process of creation as it occurs not only in nature unconsciously but in human endeavor in many cultures the menstrual cycle has been viewed as sacred and. Unfortunately within this culture, we see it as a burden, we see it as something horrific, something dirty, something to be ashamed of, a sacred cycle, the moon and fertility. Even in modern society, where we are cut off from the rhythms of nature, the cycle of ovulation is influenced by the moon. Studies have shown the peak rates of conception and probably ovulation appear to occur at the full moon or the day before. During the new moon, ovulation and conception rates are decreased overall and an increased number of women start their menstrual bleeding. Scientific research has documented that the moon rules the flow of fluids, ocean tides, as well as individual body fluids, and affects the unconscious mind and dreams. The timing of a menstrual cycle, the fertility cycle, and labor also follows the moon dominated tides of the ocean. Environmental cues such as light, the moon, and the tides play a documented role in regulating women's menstrual cycles and fertility. In one study of nearly 2,000 women with irregular menstrual cycles, more than half of the subjects achieved regular menstrual cycles of 29 days length by sleeping with a light on near their beds during the three days during ovulation so that's quite interesting (laughs) you know that there are four basic phases to the female reproductive hormone cycle which often aligns with within the 28 days of the moon cycle it goes within 26 through 29 to be exact but yes and as a woman if you are one as well you know as well as I do that these phases have us feeling pretty different from day to day let me share with you the technical names of these phases the the follicular or the follicular phase (laughs) there is an estrogen rise a serotonin release an increased energy and mental clarity and there's a positive outlook on life. In the ovulation phase, estrogen is at its peak, feeling at our best, celebrating in party mode, excited about life, we are turned on. In the luteal phase, also known as PMS, (laughs) As estrogen drops, progesterone rises. This is where we feel irritated by others. There's more mental clutter, upset for no reason, feeling avoidant and unmotivated. And then during our menstruation phase, estrogen is at its lowest point. Then it slowly begins to rise again. Mental chatter becomes more proactive and this is where we need more sleep more self-care. Many wise moon mamas celebrate the phase of moon and the moon phases are as follows. The first quarter, the waxing moon They suggest for us to plant seeds for new growth, set intentions, brainstorm, take action, implement new habits, and detox. In the full moon, we celebrate our success. We go outward, we collaborate, we dance, we embrace all the beauty that life has to offer. This is a time for us to be excited about life. This is a time to have sex. In the third quarter, the waning moon, we go inward, we reflect on what's no longer serving you, and we release it. This is a time to honor your body with oils, essential oils. In the new moon, it's a time of disconnecting, cleansing, spending time alone, thinking about what you want for the month ahead. Like I mentioned before, this is a perfect time to show more self-care. I specifically mentioned these moon cycles in order of the phases of the moon and how it impacts the woman's body in our hormones cycle. And so connect those two. Follicular phase is the first quarter of the waxing moon. The full moon is the ovulation phase, connecting to the luteal phase, which is the third quarter waning moon. And lastly, within the new moon is the menstrual and menstruation phase. So, take notes ladies. Let us learn from this so that we can better understand the female reproductive hormone cycle and how we connect our energies with the moon cycle, Luna. By being in tune with your cycle, You can learn how your body adapted or didn't adapt to what you ate, stressors you encountered, travel and other changes in your cycle. Seasonal changes and so much more from the previous month. So I encourage ladies, my sweet energies to Really focus and write down, take note, understand, and become more in tuned. It will help us so much more. Not only help us, but it will allow us to help the men that are in our lives. I'll explain more later on in this podcast. I would now like to share with you guys what I feel is so close to my natural self now. And that is understanding how Ayurveda has an impact within this. I mentioned to you before that lifestyle medicine gives all its credit to Ayurveda. It is the original lifestyle medicine. And it is because of Ayurveda that teaches us how to understand how our bodies function and how to adopt daily habits to support those functions is how I function from day to day. And because I am a woman, I do look at the Ayurvedic lens and how it understands and explains a woman's monthly cycle. So we know that the human body is a delicate balancing act and never more so than during a woman's monthly cycle. As you know, we get different symptoms during different phases. And in Ayurveda, it can indicate different imbalances In this next phase of this podcast, I would like to dive deep into how Ayurveda speaks about the menstrual cycle, and I would like for you to join me in part two of femininity, feminine energy, the menstrual cycle, and how we all can enrich our minds, bodies, and spirits. Thank you. Peace, love, harmony. Till next time, sweet energies. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for joining me. This is Sariveda, and we're going to continue on with the moon cycles, feminine energy, and how this naturally connects with the ebb and flow of our lives. You know, in today's world, women are not even given the time and space to honor their cycle. Our collective energy throughout the eons has also conditioned us not to even realize how much we need this rhythm. Instead, we feel the collective karma of shame or guilt for what is actually meant to be sacred, honoring of ourselves. If we take time off work, we are considered weak. If we take time to rest, we are often seen as lazy. The distress on the mind, body, and spirit, by not honoring the cycle, generates a plethora of physical and hormonally related emotional issues that shouldn't even exist. And so, what can we do as women wanting to know how to better ourselves? You know that there is great suffering within many of us whenever we don't place honor in the rhythms of our own natural cycles. If we naturally attune to the collective energies of all women, it seems that we all are in a place where we need guidance, where suffering should end now and we should empower ourselves knowledge and understanding of why we came here and who we truly are and so I would love to share with you guys the studies that I have done based on our menstrual cycle and how it is a window to our health according to Ayurveda the menstrual flow itself is a byproduct of the first and foremost basic tissue layer. In Sanskrit it's called datu in the body. And plasma is known as rasu rasa datu. And so this tissue layer can act as a gatekeeper for health. The body is made up of seven tissue layers. Each feeding into and nourishing the next. The plasma, rasa datu, is made up of, of course, plasma, lymph, and white blood cells, and it delivers nourishment and energy to every cell and tissue in the body. In order for it to continue nourishing the next, it has to be in perfect health. And so what does that mean to us? That means that in short, it embodies our nutrient transport system and it is directly responsible for our menstrual health. The menstrual flow itself is a byproduct of the most basic tissue layer, the Datu. When we are having our menstrual cycles, we are cleansing, we are nourishing, we are feeding our tissues. And so within this, we are working in unison, in this beautiful orchestra of earth connecting with the ebb and flow of life. You might think of this tissue layer as the foundation of our house and because the main function of this layer is nutrition, the quality of rasudatu, plasma, lymph and white blood cells affects the quality of our health in large and in small ways, which in turn affects the quality of our life. In fact, Dr. Vasant Lad says that Rasu Datu is the first and foremost juice of all life. As the first tissue layer, it is also the most dynamic and responsive to the qualities of the doshas. The juice is either strengthened or weakened by our lifestyle choices, our diet, and even our emotions. However, a simple understanding lies at the basis of the comprehensive Ayurvedic approach. They believe that menstruation is an opportunity, not a problem. It is a chance for a woman's body to purify. In Ayurveda, there's a respect on the opportunity to facilitate and to feel a greater comfort in understanding the variations on the body and why they occur during certain imbalances we may have in our doshas. I would like for you to recall in my past podcast what doshas are doshas, in short, are mind-body energies that govern everything. These three doshas, known as Vata, Pitta, and Kappa, describe the forces of nature both inside and outside our bodies, as well as our genetic makeup, and it is in our interest to make lifestyle choices that keep them in balance. Using these qualities or the characteristics of the doshas, we can describe the various stages of the menstrual cycle. As Ayurvedic doctor Shijo Matthew, the founder of Ayurvedic Life with Dr. Matthew, he says that Vata, it connects and correlates with the stage of bleeding and cramps as kappa is to the nourishing stage until the uterine lining is nourished and whole body is ready to receive the fertilized ovum. Pitta is the time after ovulation and the series of hormonal changes leading to the bleeding phase. Based on this division we can see why in the vata phase we may see symptoms of pain And cramps and anxiousness in the kappa phase may cause more lethargy water retention and in the pitta may make the personal the person more emotional or even angry and physical symptoms of this heightened acidity and can appear as spots on the skin and also as this feeling of um, I would say the PMS feelings (laughs) the angry angry feelings Uh, leading to the menstrual bleeding so now let me explain how your cycles might show up according to your most prominent dosha at the vata cycle They are typically light, thin and dry with a dark flow. You might experience physical discomforts like prickling, sharp or spasmodic sensations, often in the lower abdomen or your back. You may have difficulty sleeping. Emotionally you may experience more anxiety, nervousness and fear. All signs of excess vata and that is so me. (laughs) I will share with you guys later the herbs and spices natural things that we can take to ease these imbalances yes in the pitta cycle excess pitta in the cycle brings its hot and sharp qualities and it is characterized by a heavier flow that can be hot, profuse and fleshy or foul smelling even pitta may also bring sensation of excess heat in the body along with the quintessential pitta emotion of anger and irritability. <laughs> irritability and lastly in the kappa cycle if you have excess kappa in your cycle it often brings those kappa qualities of stagnation dullness and heaviness and menstruation is heavier and longer with unctuous qualities in the flow. Kappa can cause an overall dull discomfort. Heavy Kappa emotions like melancholy, and emotional eating, and occasional swelling, bloating, and increased sleep. I must say I have felt all the cycles, all the cycles. I felt an excess in Pitta, in being very fleshly and very irritable. I felt the kappa cycle of not only feeling the discomfort, but bloating and this dullness. A woman's body goes through lots of changes and works hard to eliminate toxins. Nothing helps this process along more than just having us take it easy, really. Rest. Rest is the key no matter what Western medicine says. (laughs) But honestly, I have seen that Western medicine is coming around to the point of view and diet is key. Diet is key. Western doctors have started to recommend behavioral changes such as getting regular exercise, getting enough sleep, reducing stress, and even eating healthy. So I am not um, putting down Western medicine at all. They're coming around. (laughs) But I might share with you guys how important. I, I will share with you guys, not might. It is important for me to share how essential diet is. Rest is the first key. Diet is the second key. According to Ayurveda, a lighter diet will make everything go more smoothly. While Ayurveda gives us a useful guideline on how important rest is in a lighter diet, it also tells us why. So these guidelines are based quite firmly on science of balance that identifies three basic elements in the physiology as I have shared with you many times before. These basic elements are the combination of space and air, being vata, fire and water being pitta, and earth and water being kapha, and a number of other sub-elements. Health entails keeping vata, pitta, kapha in the right balance. In regard to our menstrual cycle, vata needs special attention, having too much space and air is an excess of it means that we aren't going inward and connecting inside Vata is a natural force that governs movement so for the monthly cycle to be comfortable and healthy and even beneficial Vata must be in balance if you think about being out in space and wind flowing, it's sporadic. So there can be a smooth downward flow, avoiding overstimulation. It's always helpful to soothe and balance vata, which is why there's an emphasis on rest. Vata is also soothed by regular schedules such as going to bed before 10 p.m. and eating your meals at about the same time each day. Ideal foods for balancing vata are warm, liquid dishes like soup (laughs) with smooth texture and maybe even vegetable purees. Conversely, it is important to avoid raw or cold food or anything with a rough texture. And so let me share with you some natural herbs and spices that help smooth out the monthly cycle. Herbs such as ginger and black pepper tea can be so relaxing. You can add a drop of honey to this to enhance the taste. Ginger can reduce period pain because it lowers the levels of the prostaglandinous in the woman's body. Ginger can also help in reduce period pain because it plays a key role in lowering the levels of the prostaglandinous and the way that it expands us so it it actually helps as an anti-inflammatory. So these are cyclic fatty acids that have hormone-like effects. Ginger helps make irregular periods regular. It fights fatigue associated with premenstrual syndrome. However, if you are irregular and have these periods persist for a long period of time, it is advisable to speak with a doctor about it, of course. Also, cumin seeds, also known as zira or comino in Spanish, can be used to make herbal teas. It has an antispamatic, spasmodic, and anti-inflammatory properties, which is why it instantly is relaxing when consumed. And it is extremely beneficial for getting rid of menstrual cramps. Excuse me while I sip on my cilantro seed and comino seed tea. (laughs) The next is turmeric and nutmeg. Turmeric also has anti-inflammatory and healing properties, while nutmeg is a spasmodic spice. The combination of the spices, if used together, can do wonders for period pain. A bit of turmeric and nutmeg taken in warm almond milk or regular milk before bed can help you sleep better. So there are some, there are many really. The, The list is endless. But I wanted to share these here that could be found right in your kitchen. I am so thankful that you are still with me. And I would like to continue on in sharing with you some more recommendations. I'm sitting here in my living space and just felt this need to connect and share with my sisters, mothers, grandmothers, All of those that are listening to this podcast. My brothers. Those that are fathers. I encourage you. To really take note. And have. An open mind. As you continue listening. To. Moon cycles. The feminine energy. And how these natural ebb and flows, impacts each and every one of us. As a mother, as a daughter, as a friend, as a holistic care practitioner, I have experienced and heard many stories from women. Stories about their suffering from extreme pain to even their discomforts. In the days preceding our period, we experience serious mood swings, depression, irritability, anger, and anxiety. It can be really hard for friends and family that really don't quite understand because there isn't much that they can do during these times all the emotions can be quite overwhelming that's why I I like to give thanks to Ayurveda how it guides you and their approach on the symptoms that we have and how they attribute it to our imbalances within our doshas, within all the elements we carry within us I also looked into Maharashi Ayurveda online, Maharashi meaning a great Hindu sage or spiritual leader and it states that um, as one might expect, (laughs) women with the Vata imbalance get the best results from rest, meditation and a regular routine. And those with the pitta imbalance uh, respond best to monthly internal cleansings, detox, drinking lots of water or teas. (laughs) And those with the kappa imbalance find that herbal supplements and a diet that reduces impurities have the best effects. I suggest consulting with an Ayurvedic specialist as myself. You can always log on to Avivoveda.com. But yet there are many amazing Ayurvedic sites. Those that I still learn from. AyurvedicHealing.net, Ayurveda.com, Banyan Botanicals. Ah, the list goes on. And so, Ayurvedic consultation can help identify the general type of imbalances. But they can even identify more subtle areas. Unfortunately, North American women are under greater stress and pressure than in women in other cultures. The ongoing stress can cause an imbalance in emotions, in hormones. And when the tender feelings are frustrated and it ups, becomes upsetting in so many ways, it actually impacts greatly the menstrual cycle and the purity of the blood, which can lead to immense discomfort. So it's important to nurture the heart. It will help you if you avoid emotional trauma. For pitta, uh, a hot and spicy foods, <laughs> uh, getting into very mm, how can I say it? controversial discussions online, such as Twitter. That's where it always triggers me. <laughs> And I would say that the, the Pitta Dosha is the one that is the most triggered. And when you're going through that cycle at that time, which is mainly the PMS phase, if you will. This is where I would say the Ayurvedic perspective is hugely important for us to understand that there is no reason for the monthly cycle to be uncomfortable. A woman's life should be filled with joy and bliss every moment of our lives including during the menstrual cycle. Just making the simple diet and lifestyle changes to create balance will have a profound effect on us. The menstrual cycle and the wisdom and creative flow. The menstrual cycle governs the flow not only of fluids, but of information, creativity. We receive and process information differently at different times in our cycle. I would like to describe the menstrual cycle, wisdom in this way. This is a quote from Dr. Christine Northrup. The onset of menstruation until ovulation, we are ripening an egg, symbolically, right? It could also be literally, at least, (laughs) preparing to give birth to someone or something, an idea a business a creative endeavor that is attuned to the mass collective needs and energetic frequency I would like to share with you a personal story and how it enlightened and brought me so much inspiration based on our menstrual cycle and how we mothers sisters women those that harness the feminine energy mostly connect so much to the males men masculinity during our menstrual cycle it's mind-blowing and I received this download after taking ayahuasca and so I would like to take this time to share with you a very very personal story I will begin this in the next phase of this podcast I truly appreciate you being here and sharing your energy and time with me. See you on the next podcast. Peace, love, harmony, my sweet energies, reflections. welcome back sweet energies i'm so thankful to have you join me once again in whatever now moment you find yourself in i hope you are well and rested and safe and calm and at peace of course so sweet energies as you know i am sariveda you're listening to lifestyle medicine where we take in and digest a holistic consciousness-based approach to your health and wellness and now i would like to share with you a personal story as i mentioned this story is so close to my heart it became me it embodied me this is a story of many, but it entered into my soul. I believe it wouldn't have been possible if it wasn't for my deep purification, purge, detox time, and cleansing using ayahuasca in the sacred valleys of Peru. After doing this deep cleanse for eight days, taking the ayahuasca plant medicine for three out of the eight days, I came back home and felt like a new person. I felt like my vessel had received a light rain shower, or a rain shower of light, if you will, that entered my very essence and being and washed out every toxin, pollution, old energy, stagnant energy, emotional trauma, everything that I held in the past was completely washed out, and I was vibrating at such an immense level or in, in frequency, I don't, it's really hard to describe, I felt that people could see me shake, <laughs> it really would shake my entire being, although it, it more felt like a, like a wave, like as if I was floating in water, all the time, it lasted for about a good two weeks after doing ayahuasca. And within these two weeks, I had my menstrual cycle. And for the first time in my life, I felt what a true menstrual cycle is supposed to feel like. There was no pain at all. I felt a sense of ease. My intuition was so. Oh, how could I explain it? It was just, it was so strong and focused. It was so attuned. That entire seven days that I had my menstrual moon cycle flow I felt the true honor of being a woman and I hope that every woman can truly connect with feeling that way I swear you feel like a goddess, you are the queen of queens. I did not feel dirty or ashamed. I felt that it was my duty and that I was in charge of understanding the waters, the fluids that flow within me. And then transmuting them into what is love, what is joy as I then released and let it go back out into the lands, into nature as I became one with the full cycles of Earth, Pachamama, Mother Gaia. That was amazing. And, unfortunately, (laughs) that only lasted about a month (laughs) in my next moon cycle. Unfortunately, (laughs) it's just, uh, I can't say this enough. I, of course, was back in a place where the energies were different. There was a little more pollution in the air. The frequency was a little more dense. The energies were more intense. I was triggered in many ways. Going back to work, dealing with my family, my children. I felt the pain, the suffering. Everything Once again, although my vessel was still a whole lot cleaner than what it ever, ever was prior to doing ayahuasca. I now was submerged once again into what we call the matrix. Yes, <laughs> into what we call uh, the 3D duality. In what we humans have chosen to be part of, but yet feels like a prison sometimes. And so, back in this prison, (laughs) having my menstrual cycle the next following month wasn't as blissful, unfortunately. I must admit, I did eat certain junk food that was quite tempting and I am not a saint I consider myself a pescatarian and a vegetarian and sometimes a vegan and sometimes a raw vegan and sometimes a little bit of everything really what I do not eat anymore and this has been now I would say about 5 years or so that I have refrained from eating red meat white meat (laughs) except for the white meat from fish so I do eat seafood and fish still um, I don't eat chicken rabbit or any feathered fowl and I Don't judge anyone that does. I feel we all should be in charge and 100% accountable for what we consume. Every day of our lives, with every orifice of our bodies, we should be 100% responsible for what we consume with our five senses and all the other senses that we connect with. We have to be aware of it, recognize it, respect it, sometimes accept it, and sometimes decide not to have any part of it. And so as I continue on with my personal story, <laughs> the next monthly cycle was eye-opening. As I was going through immense, immense, menstrual cramping all i could do was breathe as if i was having labor pains i was in Lama's class i took myself back to Lama's class i mean in my head really and i was and breathe in and breathe out and i'm so sorry for any of you that are listening with your ear pods I try not to breathe so heavily onto the f- microphone <laughs> but yes uh, the pain was so immense all I could do was try to release and let go and do break- breath work to understand and so one of the first thoughts that came into my mind was why why am I feeling this pain and luckily thankfully because of having such a clean body due to ayahuasca anything entering my aura and my vessel I understood as possibly foreign because I was so in tuned to who I am authentically naturally and so as I asked not only why am I feeling this pain I also asked who who are you to bring such pain into this almost pure vessel. That's how I felt, really. So, as I was going through this weird fractalization in seeing myself as the third person, I connected with wise, ancient beings. One would call holy, one would, would call godlike beings, goddesses. One could call the oversoul, Christ consciousness. All you can call yourself. We're all one. We all connect with godlike energy in different points in our lives and in this very moment is when i felt this very divine energy put their hand on my shoulder it felt like a feminine energy and as this energy was feeding me telepathically an understanding as to Why I was feeling this way, it did nudge me to ask who was making me feel this way. And so, as I mentioned, thanks to ayahuasca, I understood that there it was a foreign entity, a foreign energy that normally doesn't reside in my being, normally doesn't take habitants within my vessel. And it was still very surprising as the third dimensional being, being Sariveda, to find out that I did receive a response. And the response was a man. It was a male voice in his early 20s. And the next very surprising thing was that this man was very much still alive on Earth and was connecting with me telepathically. The reason why was because it found refuge in where I would call my ovaries area (laughs) it found refuge it found a sense of peace and then transferred to me his anguish his pain his fear had i not been connected to the goddess-like energy at that moment in time man i would be hating men (laughs) i would be confused and I would, I, the irritability would be so strong whenever I heard a man's voice, I'm sure. But at this moment in time, I was ready to listen why this 20-something uh, pain-stricken energy felt refuge within me. And yet was very much so still alive, so let me explain that as I began to ask many questions, best believe in but in a way that, uh, I guess I resorted to my healer mode I wasn't a hundred percent egotistical zari <laughs> I was. In a healer mode, which allowed me to not be an interrogator at the moment. It allowed me to ask this being, this young man, questions to better understand and understand why we had connected telepathically and why I felt him so deeply into my core being and he also being a little of course nervous and confused and yet fully aware that I was a live being um, he began to open up and share what he was going through. He, too, was in Peru. He lives in Peru. I can't quite recall his name exactly. It was between Arturo, Armando, or Pablo. It was around there. (laughs) But he mentioned that he was just recently released from work, laid off, not necessarily fired, just no longer needed, which meant of course that there was an end to any financial backing and support. It was more augmented and unfortunate because this was the very same time that his wife Was soon going to be going into labor. She only had a few more weeks to go and this is what brought this young man so much fear, so much confusion, pain and he was going into a place of depression. He hadn't yet mentioned to her that he had lost his job and where he lived in Peru, It was very, it is very, very difficult to find that particular type of job. Any other kind of job would not have provided him enough financial backing to support having a child. Or it would have taken a very long time to make as much. They had just moved into a new place where they would live together with their new angel and enjoy the new chapter of their lives. So as you could understand, he was a nervous wreck. He didn't know what to do. Within his feeling of fear, he even contemplated suicide. And so in this place of fear when you recognize fear, there's two ways that you can go, right? You can ask for help or you can allow it to consume you and that makes you spiral into more downward, downward place. In your place of fear, you act in desperation and he had the opportunity of even taking on jobs that would have created negativity, would have created an illegal type of situation, would have created way more trauma and drama and issues for this new family. And so there he was. Crouched in a corner, in the fetal position, fearing what his next steps could be, and at the same time trying to connect with something bigger than him, something more divine. And weirdly enough, we connect. So yet, I am not calling myself more divine than him. But because I was going through my menstrual cycle, I connected with the feminine energy, which is definitely more divine than little old human me. And as I connected with this divine energy, the feeling of all of the support that comes from every woman's energy. The feeling of the support that the goddess energy provided me, made me more than sufficient to be an intercessor for this young man. And so, as I felt his pain, as I felt the cramping within my ovaries, as if I felt his wife's pain. I then spoke into this blood, this DNA, our energetic life force. I spoke life, I spoke love, I spoke peace. Of course, I was being guided 100% by the divine energy touching my shoulder. But what I could see is as the energy, the divine energy was connecting with me, I stretched my hands out and I connected with him. And we cried, and we inhaled, and we exhaled. And we allowed the breath, the energy, of pureness, of love, and of transmutation. The transmutation, transformation from fear to love to pure understanding and knowing gave us all this sense of peace, This sense of being able to let go and release and that everything was going to be okay because we have something bigger than us washing it all away. And it was something that I can say not only opened up my eyes, my mind, and my heart, but that gives me a metaphysical and also esoteric-like understanding to how energies flow within our lives and how amazing we are as women to be able to embody such energy, such to have such, um, I would say, to hold such honor, I guess, to be able to do this for our male counterpart. From that day onward, I now knew our true feminine divine mission and that was to bring balance to our males, to the male energy. Yes, they are strong, they are brawn, but they were never not meant to cry. They were never not meant to feel the feminine energy within them. The feeling of being nurtured, being nourished with true divinity and love and care. And now, every moon cycle... I connect within if I feel pain. And I say, Who are you? And how can I be of service? I breathe in and inhale so that I can have a clear view, a sense of clarity. And as I exhale, we all that are in pain, release, let go and transform those toxic energies into pure love. I thank you for staying with me on this interesting personal journey of my menstrual cycle, my revelations, my new understanding. I thank you for listening to all three podcasts. I hope it helped enlighten, inspire you, expand your knowledge. That's what we are all here for. That's what lifestyle medicine is here for. I am Sariveda. If you would like to connect with me, please join me on avivoveda.com. I even have donation based consultations. I would like to connect with you, learn more about your journey, your struggles and your triumphs. I am also on Twitter under Zenergy and You can find Avivo Veda on Twitter as well. We are in grand, tumultuous times. At this moment in time, I would call this the Pitta phase for sure. There's so much anger and transformation and revelations. Yet there's a lot of air energy, there's a lot of avata, there's a lot of movement. But that, that will be coming soon enough. But we are definitely in a pitta phase right now. We just shook our way out of the kappa phase. And as we move into this new era, this new year of 2021 we're doing this together no you're not alone you found this podcast for a reason we found each other for a reason and so let's all connect unite get closer together and help each other out as we journey to the next phase of our lives the next cycle I'm sending peace love, harmony to all my sweet energies, reflections, you are loved, you are enough, you are everything.